Hey, hey, I can smell the pizza cooking already, okay? Serious. Can you smell that? Let's open our Bibles to the book of Jude. The book of Jude, and, and uh, last week we began the, the, uh, the doxology, and, and, and uh, anybody remember what I said that the word doxology means? I, what I said, not what you think. Glory words, there you go. Somebody was listening. Yeah, Tony, you can have an extra piece of pizza on me. Glory words, and that's really what these last two verses are. They're the glory words that you just could not, you know, stop, you know, and the, the praise and the worship. And, and uh, let's go ahead and read those verses, verses 24 and 25. It says, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, he starts off with the fact that God is able, and we talked about that last week, just a little bit of review, that, that is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Job says, after everything he's been through, he says, I know that you can do all things. Jeremiah said, nothing is too hard for you. Luke chapter 1, nothing is impossible with God. Luke chapter 18, again, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And so this is the God who is able, unto him who is able. That's who, the, who you and I serve, who you and I follow. Uh, Romans chapter 16, we, we kind of, so we, we kind of leave that thought now unto him who is able, well, he's able to do what? And that's some of, we're going to answer some of that. Obviously, it's unlimited because God is omnipowerful, is that right? Omnipotent, that's the word, sorry. Omnipowerful. Well, I just made up a new word. Look at that. Omnipotent means he can do anything and, and everything, okay? But so we're going to just look at, at a, few, a few of the things that he is able to do, and specifically the two things that he uh, talks about in this particular passage. But before we get to those two things, we, we looked at these last week briefly, Romans chapter 16, because these had the exact same words, now unto him who is able... In Romans 16, Paul says, to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. He is able to establish you. I don't know about you, but do you ever feel like kind of like you're on kind of a, your life is kind of not very stable? You, you kind of, things are shaking maybe in your life. You ever feel kind of, kind of that way? Well, he's able to establish you, to make you stable and to, to establish your life. Uh, an old uh, commentator, actually he's not old anymore, he's passed away, but from uh, many years ago, Barclay, he says this, that Paul gives praise to the God who is able to strengthen us. God is the one person who can give us a foundation for life. 
a foundation for life, which nothing and no one can shake. So, so this stability that God brings into our lives, it doesn't come from the society around us. It comes from him. He's the one who's able to give you this foundation for life. The second one uh, that uses the exact same words to start off, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. This is kind of, I was thinking about this verse, you know, it's exceedingly abundantly above all. It's like mega, mega, mega is the words that's being used there. Above all that we ask or think. And so it really kind of relates to prayer, doesn't it? Above all that we ask or even think about asking. That he's, he's able to do way, way, way more than all of that. I, I, I read these verses, I think, because I, and, and quote, you know, the other verses about his ability is because they build our faith. And they strengthen our faith to know that this is what our God is able to do. Way, way more than you ask or think. Barclay, again, he says that Paul gives praise to the God whose grace no man has ever exhausted and in whom no claim can ever be too much. No matter what you and I have, it's never too much for him. Never impossible for him. This is the God who is able that you and I serve. So getting into... To, the verses that we're looking at here now today in uh, verse 24. Again, we just read it, though. He's, he's able to keep you two things from falling. And number two, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Those two things, they're kind of related, as, as we'll see. But let's look at them one at a time. The first one, it says that he is able to keep you from falling. This word keep means to guard. It means to watch. It means to to, uh, keep safe. And God, God is keeping you. He's guarding you. He's watching over you. This is what... Judah's telling us to him who's able to, to keep you from falling. He's, he's watching over your life. He's, he's taken an active role. It's not, you know, it's not this concept where God just sets it in motion and then just lets it kind of happen. God is actively involved in his people's lives. He's actively involved in your life, even when you don't know it. And most of the time we don't. Most of the time we're not aware of it. We're not really thinking about it. We're thinking that it all kind of depends on us. Some translations say it, that he's able to keep you from stumbling, right? So I was thinking about this. He's able to keep you from stumbling or from falling. I was thinking, you know, is this, what is he talking about? Is he talking about temporary, like right now? Or is he talking about a permanent situation? That's the question. I think both. I think both. On the temporary side, he's he's able to keep us from falling in this life. Is he not able to keep you from falling and stumbling? Yes, he is. It it says in Hebrews chapter 2, 
It says Jesus about Jesus because he was tempted, because he suffered when he, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted or tested. He's able to help you and me when we're facing those trials, the trials that want to bring us down, to stumble, to fall. Is he able to help you and I in those situations? Absolutely, he is. What did Paul say? He said, no temptation, no testing, no trial has seized you except what is common to man. We all face these things. He says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out, a way of escape, so that you can stand up under it. So he is the, the idea of the, the temporary, the now life, Can he keep you and I from stumbling, from falling? Absolutely he can. I believe that he always provides that way out. Now, do we always take the way out? No, we don't. Pastor Chuck said the forces seeking to pull us down are powerful. He quotes this, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You know, and and I think... You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a conspiracy guy. How many of you are conspiracy people? Oh, no, I didn't want you to raise your hands. Now I know who you are because I just tricked you into telling me. But I think the, the biggest conspiracy are these three things. The world, the flesh, our own flesh, And the devil, there's a conspiracy, and they want to bring us down. They want to pull you and I down. Absolutely. And they work together. When one is, you know, strong, you know, then the others might be just waiting, and they kind of work together, and they kind of beat at us and try to bring us down. But God is able to help us in every one of those areas. He conquered the world, didn't he? He's overcome the world. He's given us strength, spiritual strength over the flesh, and Satan is a defeated foe. Now, it doesn't mean we still, you know, we're still fighting these battles, but, but don't ever say that, you know what, uh, God didn't help me, God couldn't help me in this particular trial. And I fell, I stumbled, whatever it was. He's able. If we'll look to him, if we'll ask him, if we'll look for that way out. You know what I'm talking about. Like I said, Paul said, it's, none of this is uh, you know, surprising. It's common to all of us. We all face trials. Now, there might be different trials, different things you face than I face or whatever. We all face something, though. So that's the, kind of on the temporary side. He's able to keep us from falling. But on the permanent side, I think it's even stronger here because you and I, we do stumble and fall in this life. But if we do, the psalmist says this, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. With you there is forgiveness. So ultimately, uh, he's going to keep us from falling. Why? Because of what Jesus did. You see, our forgiveness is not based on our works, based on, you know, uh, I, you know I've gone, you know, uh, three months now without sinning. 
And then something happens and you blow up or you blow it or whatever happens. And you go, oh, that's it. I'm all done. I'm all washed up. No, with God, there is forgiveness. The prophet Micah, he says these words. And, and when you struggle, you find these verses. Psalm 130, I just quoted Psalm 130. And this is Micah chapter 7. It says this, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord Yahweh will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case. And he establishes my right. And he will bring me out into the light and I will see his righteousness. His righteousness. You see, we all stumble, we all fall in this life, but, but ultimately our sins are washed. Our sins are covered, they are forgiven. How? By the cross of Jesus Christ. And, and when you really think about it, you know, uh, that's past, present, and future. You, you accepted Jesus Christ, right, and he forgave you of all your sins. But all the sins that you commit from that point forward, his, the cross doesn't cover those, right? Are you with me? Are you thinking about this? Past, present, and future, the sins are, are forgiven, you see. His forgiveness is, is complete. And that's why when he, when he was on the cross, he said those words, it is Finished, paid in full, paid in full. So ultimately and permanently, he is able to keep you from falling. It's not permanent. Though you and I stumble and fall, and as Micah said, I'm, I'll rise and, and I'll see his righteousness. We, we, we take on the righteousness of, of Christ, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, not our own righteousness. We want to try to take credit for it. We kind of look and, and, and work, you know, our, ourselves. Oh, if I could only get better, if I could only never do that again, if I could only, if I could only, if I could only. But, you know, his grace and his mercy, they're new every morning. So he's able to keep you from falling. I love that verse in, the, in, the, in John where it said, Jesus said, you know, no one is able to snatch you or take you out of his hand. Nothing. Not even the things that, that you and I, we, we, we blow it. Not even those things because he already knew that that was going to happen, you see. Hopefully this is encouraging to you that, you know, you're secure. You're safe in his hands. You can't, you can't go too far. Well, I went too far. No, you can't. Because he's going to lift you up. And his blood covers all. So the second thing it says there in, in Jude, number one is that he would keep you from falling. He's able to do this. But the second thing kind of ties into what I was just saying about the permanence of this. It's, and to present you 
before his glorious presence, faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He's able to do this, to present you. Literally, the words mean directly in front of his glory. He he can take you and he's going to bring you and put you right in front of the glory. Talk about, you know, glory words here, this doxology. You know, Jude was just like caught up and and, and he's the glory of God, I think, is like working in his mind and heart. And the spirit of God is working with him that he's going to actually put you and I directly in front of the glory of God. His glorious presence. But notice it says this without fault. Without fault. Think about that. And like I said, it ties into what we were just talking about, this forgiveness. He's going to present you and I without fault, with great joy. We're going to have this incredible joy. The faults will all be gone. How? How? Because you did really, really well? By the blood of the Lamb. The only way. That's the only hope we have, you see. It's not based on, you know, our works. Not by works, because then we boast, we get up there and say, Lord, man, I did pretty good, didn't I? He'd say, excuse me? You did what? But what about when this happened and that happened? You go, and you start to go, oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, well. And finally you say, okay. I've got nothing to to bring here. And Jesus will say, I did it all for you. I did it all for you. Pastor Chuck said, standing there before the throne of God, in the brightness of his glory, I will stand pure and faultless and have joy such as never experienced before. We can't even like picture that because, because we know ourselves. You know. And I, you know, I don't buy this, you know, people saying there's no such thing as sin. We already know it within ourselves. We, you don't have to explain that to someone. They'll try to deny there's no such thing or whatever. It's all relative and all that. That's all hogwash because we know deep in ourselves that we are sinful. And we've fallen short of God's plan and God's purposes. I want you to turn with me to a few, a few verses. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. How many of you knew I might turn to that passage? Anybody? Okay, I got you all, didn't I? Ephesians chapter 5, how could we ever get to that passage in the context of this Ephesians chapter 5, especially when we're talking about the wives and husbands, the marriage part, right? Any of you kind of get in the picture now? Look at what it says. We'll start in verse 25. We're not going to even do the ladies part. Gals, you're off the hook today. You can read it for yourselves, but we'll go right to verse 25. Looking at the husbands, and it says, husbands... Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Think about that, guys. And you, you uh, wives, please don't hammer your husband with this. Let him think about it. Pray for him. To love 
the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And verse 27, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Isn't that what Jude's talking about? That Jesus would present the church to himself, a radiant church without any stain, without any wrinkle, without any blameless, faultless, Jude says, faultless before the throne. When you and I stand there, because of what Jesus did, he gave himself up for it. He made it happen by giving his life and then washing us, cleansing us uh, with water through the word. And and when he presents us before the throne of God, it's, it's perfection. Can any of us do that for ourselves? Absolutely not. Warren Wiersbe said that Jesus Christ will will have the special joy of presenting his bride, the church, before the Father's throne. And the bride will be arrayed in the righteousness of Christ to the glory of God. He's going to present us there. This is what he is able and this is what he will do. He will present you and I there. Now, that doesn't mean we say, well, what, you know, and we've talked about this a lot. Well, it doesn't matter what I do, how I live here and now. I'm just going to give up and because he's going he's to wash me and, and I'm, my sins are all forgiven. So I can, I can know that I will be presented, you know, faultless before his glorious throne, before all that glo- uh, glory. It doesn't say that, does it? It says because of what he's done, go all out for him. I, I saw this poster at, the, at the, this yard, this church sale, and you know it says, he died for me so that I could live for him. He died for me. He died for you so that you could live now for him in this life. Hebrews chapter 7 says this, because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood and therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them you see it's not just a a partial salvation it's a complete salvation and that's how he's going to bring you and I and, and he's he's actually interceding for you and I right now even in the trials and the troubles and the temptations and the testings and, and those things that are seeking to bring us down, he's praying for you right now. He's praying for me. But Philippians ch- chapter, what, 1 verse 6 says, you know, that the good work that he started in you, what? He's faithful and he will complete it. He's able to save you completely. He's going, to, he's going to finish this job. Ultimately, he's not like, you know, some contractors, you know, they come and start the job, they get your money, and then they never finish the job. Has that ever happened to you? Or they do the job, and then it's like not that great of a job. And you, and you go like, man, 
give me some money back. And, and I had this guy once, he, he, I still haven't fixed it yet. He did a horrible job. And, and then I, we, we tracked him down and, and he said he was going to, you know, refund us some of the money because the job was so bad. Of course, then he just disappeared. And we're stuck. It's not like that with God. You see, Jesus, he, he started the work. He's going to bring it to completion. He's going to finish that work that he started in you and in me. And, and I think that should give us encouragement. Let's turn ahead to a few more books to the book of Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Just two books ahead. Colossians in chapter, let's see here, chapter 1 and verse 21. Colossians. Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to, this is what I've been saying here, to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Without blemish. Free, free. There's nobody, when he, when he presents us before him, there's not like anything that we can be accused of. Why? Because he's reconciled us by Christ's physical body through death on the cross so that he would be able to do that. Now, I do want you to look at verse 23 because he says here, notice this, he says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. Now notice he doesn't say if you live a perfect life from here on out. He says if you hold on to your faith in Jesus as the Savior, that, that he's the one that saved you and saved me. This is the gospel. This is what he's talking about. You say, well, what about, what about those people who profess to know Jesus and they're part of the church and then, you know, they get to this place and all of a sudden they're, they're not there anymore. They're out doing this. They're living in the world, doing whatever the world does. Well, there really are, are kind of two scenarios as far as that's concerned. One, they're like, they're like backsliding, we call it where they've, they've walked away from their faith, they still believe, but they're living like they don't believe. And if, if they truly belong to Jesus Christ, the, the Holy Spirit within them is convicting them. Like, they're, having, they're not out there having such a great time as they think they are, because they're miserable. But they're out doing it anyways. But the Holy Spirit will draw them back and, and, and bring them back. Now, others, though... And, and you can see this in the parable of the sower as well. Others, they, you know, they have this big, you know, all of a sudden sprout up or whatever, but, but they never truly have a faith in Jesus Christ. They're never truly born again by the Spirit of God. A Bible teacher says this, that the saints 
are those who finally persevere in Christ. That continuance is the test of reality, he says. That's F.F. Bruce. Continuance is the test of reality. There are some, just because they were there, just because they said all the right things, and now they're nowhere. They didn't lose their salvation. They never had it, you see. Those that, that are out there that are truly saved, though, like I said, they're miserable. And you and I know that. You and I that are believers, we get caught up in this thing or other, and, and the conviction and the, the, you know, and then the enemy comes along and throws the condemnation on top of the conviction, and you and I are going like, wow, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Uh, duh, yeah. Hello. He's going to present us holy in his sight, without blame, without blemish, free from accusation, faultless. Matthew Henry, I I love that guy. He said this, believers shall be presented faultless with exceeding joy. Talk about real joy. That's, That's real joy. And he said this, alas, now, right now, he says, our faults. Fill us with fears and doubts and sorrows, but our dear Redeemer has undertaken for it. Right now, we, we face all this stuff and we, you know, these fears, these doubts, these failures, the sorrows and all this stuff, but Jesus has undertaken for it. I want you to know that because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren and, and, and he's, you know, he says, look at you, you're just a loser or whatever. But Jesus said, no, I died for you, you are mine. The Lord knows those who are his, and, and, and if you truly belong to him, nothing will take you away from, from heaven. Nothing will take you out of his hand. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Someone else said this, that he is able to make us stand faultless in the presence, in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. When we think of what we were, Paul talks about that here in Colossians, alienated enemies. When we think about what we were, dead through our trespasses and sins, what we are, even now, poor, weak, and failing servants, and then to think that one day we will stand absolutely faultless in the throne room. What grace is this? What grace is this? This is grace given to us what we do not deserve. A couple of verses I'm going to put up on the screen. Number one, this. Paul says, the things which I... which, Hello? For the which cause I also suffer these things. It's because it's King James Version. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed... For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep, this is what we've been saying, he's able to keep us from falling and present us. He's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What day? The day of the end, the day we stand before him. He's able. I know whom I have believed. His name is Jesus. He's able to do it. 
unto him who's able to keep you, go back, from falling to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. That's a, that's a, those are glory words there. But you know what? Those are words for you and for me. Those are words we can quote back like Jesus quoted scripture when the, the devil was, you know, trying to do, you know, there in the desert, you know, battling with Jesus. And, and what did he do? He quoted scripture. You and I can quote these scriptures and say, you know what? Uh-uh. My, my place is safe. And he's going he's gonna to get me there and he's going to present me faultless. And let's end with the, the, the priestly blessing. I love this. The Lord bless you and keep you. Notice that. He's going to keep you. He's going to keep you in the palm of his hand. And the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. When you read that in Numbers chapter 6, it says, it says the priest should give this blessing. It says through that they would put the name of the Lord on the people of God through this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Let's pray together, shall we? Hallelujah, Lord, we do give you honor and majesty and dominion and power, glory. Because of what you have done in our lives, but because of what you have done and what you also will do. So we look to you and we, we, we cry out to you in the name of Jesus that help us in this life. Help us, Lord, bring us to that place. We look forward to heaven. We look forward to uh, being home. But in the meanwhile, we have a fight to fight, a good fight. Fight the good fight of the faith and, and uh, that you've given us the armor that we need. You've given us the, the tools that we need. You, you, you show us the way out, the way of escape. Help us to see it. Help us to look for it. Help us to take it but ultimately and permanently and in the end eternally you have saved us to stand directly in front of your glory and to see you face to face and, and that's the future that we have because of what you did for us Jesus I pray too for any maybe that that, that don't have any kind of peace, don't have any kind of hope, don't, don't know that Jesus is your Savior, that he's going to take you there. Maybe you, you're wandering in the wilderness and you, you need hope in your life. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And if you come to him, he'll take you home. You trust in Him. 
and put your faith in him, what he did on that cross, the, the cross that we've been talking about, the blood that washes our sins forever and ever. Lord, thank you for this day, Lord, uh, despite the, the dark skies uh, around us. We thank you for the water that waters our grass and our gardens and our green meadow. You want life to spring up. And you're watering our souls, too, like we read there by the washing of water uh, through the word. And it's bringing us to that place of beauty and purity, holiness. Continue your work in us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing.